Hey, everybody, this is Chris Pavone, and you're listening to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast with your host, my man, John Hewlin. This is Relationships and Revenue, the show where real answers come from real discussions about what holds men back in their relationships at home and work. A better bottom line at work means improving life at home. This show is all about helping you become a better entrepreneur and a better man. Well, everyone, welcome to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. I am your host, John Hewlin, and I am so thrilled to welcome with us today, Mr. Chris Pavone. Chris, how are you, my man? Hey, John, I'm doing wonderful. Thanks so much for having me on. Oh, man, I am thrilled to have you here. Now, folks, just to give you a little bit of background about Chris, Chris has not always been the awesome stud that he is in the classroom and in the coaching boardroom as he is right now. At one time in his past, for a stretch of about 10 years, he was a, drum roll please, professional wrestler. That's right. He was a professional wrestler. Now, I'm a little bit older than Chris is, so some of the guys who came before him, I was much more familiar with Hulk Hogan, Randy Macho Man Savage, back when it was called WWF, but then it became WWE, which is probably more reflective of what the organization actually was as an entertainment organization. But uh, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were known as Kalen Croft, is that right? That is correct. Yes. Kalen Croft. I was in a tag team called the Dude Busters. Dude Busters. Love it. Yeah. So tell me, how did that come about for you? How did you decide? I mean, nobody wakes up one day and is just, hey, I'm going to be a professional wrestler. Obviously, there's a lot more that goes into it. Yeah, sure. Great question. And so for me, um, and maybe this is why I'm so passionate today about recognizing what it is you want to do and the dreams that you have inside of you that at first you may feel are silly or maybe stupid. Uh, and if those are there, they're, they're not silly or stupid. They're there for a reason. And um, ever since I can remember, I just, I love WWF wrestling. I started watching when I was about 10 years old, uh, Hulk Hogan was champion and yeah. I just thought it was the coolest thing. And I just stayed a fan of it. Just, I had a lot of my f- friends that I, people today, when they, find, when they find that I used to be a wrestler with the WWE, they will usually almost always say, oh, I used to watch that. At some point in their lives, it seems like a lot of people have watched wrestling and, you know, comes and goes with people. But for me, I just, I just never uh, lost interest in it. And so when I was 12 years old is when I started to think, yeah, this is what I want to do when I grow up. So when I was 18 and graduating high school, I was like, this is what I want to do when I grow up. So it's just kind of was always there. And I, I would say when I was a, um, a sophomore in high school is when, you know, I started to you know, really seriously be like, this is what I'm going to do. So, you know, there, there was no youth or there is no youth pro wrestling leagues that mm-hmm. I know of. So yeah. all I could really do was dream about it, but also some action I could put behind it was I started to train. Um, I played football in high school, but really my main motivation for going to the weight room was to get ready for my pro wrestling career. And I would draw my, what my wrestling gear would look like, and I would come up with names and stuff like that. 
Nice. All right. So you were a professional wrestler for about 10 years, correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. And I, first of all, I can't even imagine how challenging and taxing that was on your body to do that on a regular basis. <laughs> yes, it is. And, um, the time frame was, um, yeah, it was just under 10 years. I started, uh, a week after my 21st birthday and I ended, um, you know, when I was you know, almost 31 years old. Uh, and you, you know, what's funny, John is this kind of just speaks to when you love doing something. So WWE, one thing they would so often do is they, so I, I'm a, I guess I'm what you could call a purebred wrestler. This is how most of my friends were. Most of the guys I wrestled with, mm -hmm. they grew up wanting to do it. They got into it. They loved wrestling. Sometimes WWE would go out and recruit guys just on their look alone. Um, oh, wow. Maybe bodybuilders or, you know, former football players. And sometimes it worked, but, but then a lot of times it didn't because those guys just didn't have the passion for it. Nothing against them. Mm -hmm. um, it's just like, I wouldn't want to go be a, uh, I don't know, a hockey player. Just don't want to do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I was... Th those guys lacked often lacked passion. Not all of them. A lot of them had made, you know, were successful. But the ones that did, I I was nine years into it before I even realized there was a guy named we'll call him Frank, and Frank was all Frank was a former football player, didn't want to be there, mm. and he was always kind of complaining. And I was nine years in before it dawned on me. I thought, dude, if you don't want to do this, this would suck, right? Getting <laughs> beat up all the time, all the travel. Oh, I, I just never really, I was so into it and I loved it so much. It kind of just, you know, it, it was kind of a badge of honor, I guess, in a way. We used to call it being grizzled. You'd mm. wake up and be like, dude, I'm feeling grizzled this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, your body gets, um, you, I mean, you take a beating, right? You know, which kind of goes to, is it fake? It's like, uh, I mean, it's choreographed, but even then it's like its own unique thing. It's, you can't plan everything out. So you kind of react. Mm -hmm. um, and the point is to protect each other while you're in there. But I mean, you can't not get beat up. Right. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about what it was like meeting all these different people that you did during that time. And was it easy or difficult to establish those relationships? Yeah. You mean like people, um, People you worked like, with, like other yeah, wrestlers. Sure. Yeah, you know, um, in a lot of ways, it's kind of like what I do today with, you know, in entrepreneurship because, um, you know, I think in a lot of circles, the, a nine to five is still considered, you know, what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And so with wrestling, you know, not the most normal thing. Right. <laughs> right. And right. now when I got into it, I was like, wow, I always thought of, do you remember the, the blind melon video from, um, no rain? I don't know if you remember the blind I, melon. I, vaguely. I remember that. Yeah. Okay. And they kind of had a back when MTV played videos. They kind of had a famous video. It was a little bumblebee girl dancing. She was about eight years old and she, okay. would, uh, yeah. And, and the, the whole video was her like going around the city, uh, trying to fit in and everybody just kind of looked at her because she was weird and dressed as a bumblebee and mm -hmm. at the very end she finds a whole like colony of people dressed as bumblebees and they dance and have so it kind of was like that when i got in the wrestling like oh here's here's a bunch of other um people that grew up just like me 
what being a fan of wrestling wanting to do it um so like with anything else um you, know, you just become friends with the people you kind of gravitate towards um and maybe the people that you don't you just kind of don't but um i i you know i'm i think, <laughs> i think it's safe to say i was one of the uh in the less minority of, of people that kind of got along with everybody and everybody pretty much liked me because it can get pretty political because again it's 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 staged um sure but the more you win the more money you potentially make so you can see how that can get political and um mm -hmm. but some of my best friends i i you know i'm friends with um a lot of the guys still today um because you just it was such a unique bond really you know yeah. you're doing this thing together absolutely so all right so that was i would say one step toward where you are today and then you transition from that to being an art teacher now help <laughs> us understand because those don't necessarily flow real easily one into the other so help <laughs> right. us understand that a little bit better yeah you know in fact i was telling my wife this last night because um a guy had messaged me on instagram and said uh hey i'm doing this paper um, about people i admire he goes would you mind answering these questions for me so he was a fan of me when i was wrestling i thought that, that's cool. pretty cool and one of the questions which i know we'll get into was why i retired from pro wrestling mm -hmm. and um, i turned to rachel and i just said man it, it still kind of amazes me sometimes that I, that I'm out of wrestling. Like I've changed so much, you know, and as people, I guess there's a lot of guys don't ever leave it. Um, you know, which that's fine. So for me, you know, when I was 27, you know, I was still all in, I'm going to do this the rest of my life. I'm going to, you know, do it as forever. And then, um, just over the next few years, I started to change. I started to grow, um, some more, uh, some of my personal growth, um, and, 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 you know, I kind of started to have these thoughts like, you know, uh, I do want to settle down and get married and have kids. Um, it's, you can do it when you're wrestling, but, um, it can be a little more challenging because you're traveling all the time. And sure. I was getting kind of tired of the travel, but you know, I'd done this my entire twenties. Um, and this is around age like 29 or so, mm -hmm. uh, even in age 30. And then, um, and then let's see in november of 2010 um so wwe does a lot of house cleaning um where they they just cut guys from the roster they bring new guys in and it's kind of a revolving door um i'd been let go from the company in 06 and got back in 08 and um so i got let go me me and a um handful of guys um and i got let go in 2010 and when they called me to let me know, it's like, I knew right away I was going to be done with wrestling. So like part of me was uh, t totally at peace with it and, and kind of excited. Cause I was like, wow, what's next? And the part of me, you know, was just like, Oh, well, geez, now what do I do? You know, I've done this my entire twenties. <laughs> um, and you know, one of my best friends, his name is Luke Gallows. He, he, he got released with me and he, he's been back with the WWE. Geez, it's been a, several years now. And so like, you know, if I wanted to go back, I, you know, probably would have, but I just felt like, man, you know, I got to do this. I'm happy with what I've done. Mm -hmm. It's time for what's next. Um, and so, yeah, now what do I do though? So I got, I had my degree in art. I got, I got, I got my art degree back in 2002, 
that was part of the deal with my parents. They said, look, if you want to do this pro wrestling thing, just get your degree and, you know, we'll be supportive of it. Okay. Turns out they were right because, um, you know, over the next few months, well, first I just, you know, I, I had seven space. So I just didn't do anything, which was great. You know, it's fun just to do nothing. <laughs> um, so I just kind of enjoyed myself and, uh, and then, and then, you know, I thought, well, I have my art degree. Maybe I'll look at something in art. I wrote a, I did some journaling, some inventory, what I like, what I don't like. And I thought, you know, I like working with kids, you know, how can I, maybe I can become uh, an elementary school teacher. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I seek out a, it's just like, how do you get into wrestling? It's like, well, uh, same way. How, how do you become a teacher? Like, like I didn't, I didn't go to school for teaching. How do you do that? So I talked to a friend who was a teacher. She gave me some steps to do and, um, ended up taking a few tests and, Ended up getting hired with no experience at Lopez Elementary. Uh, the principal thought it was pretty cool. I was a former pro wrestler, and um, nice. He had been a former professional tennis player, um, but they hired me with no experience, and um, yeah, that's how I got my foot in the door. <laughs> cool. So after you got out of wrestling and you went into teaching, mm-hmm. when in that time frame did you meet Rachel? Mm, yes. Yeah, so I met Rachel the summer after my first year in teaching. Okay. So, oh, I'm sorry. I met her in February. So I met her like, let's see, it's been it's eight years ago this month. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I met her in February and um, it's a funny story. So we, we were hanging out um, and I was with a group of my friends and uh, my friend Esther was there, and she had Rachel with her. And so I noticed Rachel right away. I thought, oh, hey. And so I go up and talk to Esther. I'm like, hey, Esther, you know, I'm trying to be cool. Like, I'm just wanting to talk to Esther, but I'm really interested. in. I said, who's your friend? She goes, this is Rachel. <laughs> and now, I never seen her before. Now, we, we were in St. Petersburg, and Rachel was from Sarasota. Um, and that's about an hour away. And she cool. said to me, she goes, hey, I just broke up with my boyfriend and I'm really upset and I just wish he would take me back. That's one of the first things Rachel said to me. <laughs> yeah. And I, my immediate reaction was like, Oh, okay. Well she's off limits. I'm not, I'm leaving that alone. Right. Um, which is kind of funny. Right. She later would tell me that was her way of letting me know she was single. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah. So I left her alone and she was just like, what's this guy's deal? Cause she liked me immediately. Um, and then after about four months, we would kind of see each other. Um, we had some mutual friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ran into her and she asked me out. She said, Hey, Oh wow. Um, yeah. And then she went back and told her friends that I asked her out. She, I didn't find that <laughs> out until like months later. <laughs> That's cool. So we, um, yeah. And then the cool thing was, uh, this was my first, this was, a year after I completed my first year in teaching. So I had the summer off mm. pretty cool. And yeah. she was a realtor. And so, you know, she had some, she created her own schedule at the time and I was living in Tampa. She was living in Sarasota, but those first, you know, few months we had the freedom just to kind of go see each other whenever we wanted. And that's mm-hmm. what we did. Um, so yeah, we dated that summer and um, yeah. And then after three years got engaged two and a half years, I think. Cool. And you guys have been married how long now? Let's see. Uh, October, uh, October 10th, 2015. So uh, four and a half 
Just okay. over four years. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Cool. Now related to Rachel, and this ties in more with um, relationship stuff. What do you do to try and stay connected to Rachel now? I, I realize that you're married, but you know that after you get married, it's really easy to stay disconnected because you get so busy doing other things. So what are some things that you do to try and stay connected to Rachel? Yes, and that's a great point. And uh, especially right now with the way our schedules are, we both have a lot going on. She's really busy. She's a, a nurse practitioner working full time. And she's also currently getting her psych nurse practitioner online. So yeah, and you know, I'm busy. So what, this is one thing, um, I say, man, it can seem like a small thing, but it's, it's been a big thing is, so when she comes home or if I come home, I make it a point to stop what I'm doing and I go over and I hug her and I kiss her and ask her how her day was. Nice. Yeah. And that's like just the simple things that, you know, smarter men than me have told me. And, and <laughs> right. Yeah, because you. what I noticed was she would, if she comes home, I'm in the middle of doing something, I'm busy, I'm being responsible, I'm working. Right. Sure. Um, and Hey babe, how are you? Yada, yada. And it can, right. You kind of just get into a routine. Um, other ways are if there's some time to hang out and watch TV and whatever she's watching, I'll sit and watch TV with her. There you go. Um, yeah, I've seen more than my share of the real housewives of Atlanta. I don't know if you know what that is. I didn't know what it was until Rachel I know the name. It. I don't know the yeah. show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, stuff like that. And, and then, you know, if it, it might seem silly to me, but it's, it's not silly to her. Little things like um, she hates to put gas in her car. Mm -hmm. like she's a, um, you know, she treats, she's a nurse practitioner, but so, and everything that comes with that and how to even get there, but she putting gas in her car, like stresses her out. Okay. So, you know what I mean? So to me, it's just like, it's so dumb. Just do it. But I've learned just, I do it for her. And there she you go. appreciates it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, tied in with that, um, I would think something that's important to you is knowing your wife's love language and being able to speak her language back to her. Yes. And, and um, that's been so helpful because when you can kind of recognize something, you can then be like, okay, this is, I see what's going on here. Um, my love language is words of affection. Okay. Um, and yeah, hers is acts of service. Well, based upon what you told us just a moment ago about putting <laughs> gas in her car, that totally backs that up. Yep. Yep. And, and it's the smallest, littlest, dumbest things like getting her a bottle of water where sometimes I want to say, just go get it. You're, you're right there. <laughs> right. But I just go get it, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, that's the mistake that too many guys make is, well, it's not just guys. Most people make the mistake of trying to speak the, their own love language to their partner. Now, if they happen to have the same love language, that's great. But most don't. Mm, yeah, right. Because, I, yeah, I almost rather just get it myself just because I don't, you know, yeah. but that's not the case with her. <laughs> I get it. Um, now, something else that you do that is very interesting, uh, listeners, this is important for you to know. Chris has his own podcast. It's called the Chris Pavone podcast. 
And he has a special segment in his podcast, Happy Wife, Happy Life, where he highlights Rachel. And many times it's the two of them talking back and forth. But what prompted you to add that as part of your podcast, Chris? Yeah, so one, I just think it's a great, um, it's good for me to always be looking at that stuff. Um, And I figured, you know, I have a good relationship with my wife. It's by no means perfect, obviously, but, and I mess up a lot. So let me, let me highlight that and, and take a look at ways, you know, that I was able to correct something or recognize my mistakes. And, um, but really it, it first came from the idea came from before I even had a podcast, I started making these YouTube videos just mm-hmm. for fun. Okay. And that's where the idea for the podcast came. And, um, that all started because, Rachel was, this was, she was a nurse practitioner school. She was studying with her friend, Kristen at a Kristen's house. And Rachel called me and was like, will you put, will you put gas in my car? And will you, will you mind getting it washed? <laughs> sure. and, and I was like, no, I was like, and it was a Sunday. I wasn't doing anything. Right. And this is before I was into coaching or anything. So I'm, I'm off on Sunday. No f- football season's over. Okay. And, um, you know, and I just, my, I was like, no, just, and, and then I thought, well, let me just, I'll go do it. I always say no at first. And I'm like, yeah, let me go do it. <laughs> not, not always say no, but so I just was like, you know what? I, I was annoyed. So I recorded myself doing it. And, um, I kind of staged this thing of me, of me talking to her. She's off. She's not there. I dubbed her voice in later, but I'm talking off camera and I dubbed her voice in later saying, babe, will you please take my car to the car wash? And I was like, no, babe, I have my <laughs> stuff to do. I don't have time. And then like I get in the car and I'm running my errands and like the next scene I'm sitting in the car wash. So like I filmed myself in the car wash and nice. And I posted on YouTube and people thought it was hilarious. And and so that's kind of where that idea, okay. the video is called happy wife, happy life. But um, yeah, ultimately it was just to the segment is just, yeah, to highlight, you know, things we can do for our, for our wife, um, how it's often there's freedom in looking at my side of the street. Yeah. How I can fix it. Sure. All right. So one of the things that, that a lot of guys have a hard time with, especially after they get married, is taking care of themselves. It can be physically, it can be emotionally, it can be spiritually, it can be mentally. So what are some things that you do, Chris, to try and help improve you? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Um, so I've never called them this, but now that I think, of, I mean, in speaking about this, they are like non-negotiables. So every morning I, I wake up and I pray and uh, hit my knees, I get alone. And, and I just tie that to whatever I have going on in the morning. So if I have to be out the door at seven, um, you know, I get up, I make sure I have enough time to, to do that. And so I, um, I pray every morning. Um, just recently I started reading um, some, some scripture in the morning I've kind of gotten away from that, so it's good to bring, you know, get, get, get that back in. Absolutely. Uh, and then my, um, I've been working out for so long, it's kind of become routine. But <laughs> yeah, if you're out of it, you just, you know, get back. You can just get back into it, so it becomes a routine. I work out uh, five to six days a week. Okay. And you know, that's just important to me. Um, sure. And, and, you know, and then I just, I, I try to make time for the things that you know, are important to me, like uh, reading, um, my model railroading hobby, trying to you know, get that in. 
You can kind of see it over your right shoulder. Yeah, 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 right? That's it. (laughs) Yes. Very nice. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a big believer in, um, yeah, I got to take care of me so I could be my best self to therefore serve others. Absolutely. You you can't serve from a half tank or half cup. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, then pray every night too. And again, it's not, it's like Jesus said, like, do the sick, do the, uh, do the healthy people need a hospital? No, the sick people do. That's it's right. not because I'm so good. It's because, yeah, man, I just, I need that. <laughs> All right. Well, out of that abundance or overflow that you're talking about there a second ago, springs forth your coaching that you do. And I know one of the things, if somebody were to go on your website, uh, crispavone.com, for those of you who are listening at home or on the treadmill or wherever you're listening to this, if you want to get connected to Chris, that's one way to do it. But one of the things he has on there is this really cool uh, PDF that you can put your name and email in to get in exchange for that. And he talks about the five R's. So Chris, tell us about the five R's. Yeah. I can help if you want. Yes, it's been a while. Here, we're going to edit this. I remember now. It's recognize. Yeah. Yeah. Recognize and respect you had together there. Yeah. Yeah. Recognize and respect. Um, number two was record it. Yep. Uh, recite it. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Right now, what you can do mm-hmm. right now, then yep. revel in it. Yeah. That's right. So, those five R's, what do they help a person do? Yeah. So kind of like I touched on earlier about my pro wrestling dream when I was a kid, I believe everybody has dreams. Uh, a lot of people, you might talk to them and they say, oh, I don't have any dreams. But if you dig a little deeper, they, they definitely do. So yeah, recognize and respect it. So it's like recognizing what that dream is mm-hmm. or what it is you want to do, that big goal you have, and then um, and give it the proper respect respect it deserves you know don't say it's stupid don't okay. just show it under the rug sure um, you know, own it and then um you know record it lots of studies and science and things that back up when we actually write something down in our own handwriting you know it kind of creates a level of commitment to it um, okay, you're talking about journaling y- yeah yeah okay um because you know write your goals down but but the same thing right i journal often or i call it take an inventory and um it could be something as simple as dude this i'm really this is bothering me why am i bothered okay i'm in fear oh what am i in fear of this that and the other thing and then a lot of times when i can see something in my own writing it's like dude that's that's a lie that ain't true or well that's just self-centered fear i you know that's that's not even an issue or you know that type of stuff so um record it and then uh, recite it, you know, um, let people know. You don't have to tell everybody, but, um, you know, I think there's some ownership in, um, you know, sharing what you want to do and what your dreams are. And then, uh, you know, right now, it's, what's, what action can you take right now to, to make that, start moving in that direction? Mm-hmm. And, then, um, and then from there, it's like revel in it. If you're doing those things, it's like you're on your way to, you know, to achieving your dream or reaching your goal, you know, yeah. again, it goes back to ownership and be happy and proud about what it is you're, that you're doing. Okay. Very cool. One of the things that I like to say is that passion gets you started. Purpose keeps you going. 
Mm. And that's really kind of what I heard you say. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. And, um, sure. Cause you gotta have a, we gotta know our purpose, you know, our purpose too. your, your why, if you will. Right. And I think far too many of us, when it comes to our purpose or our why, uh, we tend to ready and we do aim, 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 and we never fire. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I'm learning is how important it is to, to gain clarity, even just, you know, just a hint of clarity helps get me where I need to go. It, it's kind of a, I have a, a, a coach, an author coach who, who said many, who has many times over the years has said, clarity leads to competence and competence just means, you know, one thing really well. And that leads to confidence. Confidence is just an outward expression of what's already happened to you on the inside, meaning a few other people can see that happening. So clarity, competence, confidence, which leads to influence, meaning just even a few more people, then you get, start to get really big when you hit impact. Now, if you're talking about entrepreneurship, then the last part of that is, uh, excuse me, it's income. Yeah. Now, for some folks, what they're doing, the income is not the important part, but you get those three C's and those three I's that are really important. Yeah. So if you were to offer a piece of advice to a guy today who maybe needs some help in improving relationships, now it could be with his wife, it could be with his kids, his clients, coworkers, extended family, whoever, what one piece of advice would you give today? Mm, yeah, great question. And see, I would say, how can you serve the other person? And that can look like anything. And I would say be genuinely interested in other people. Okay. So <laughs> how can you serve that other person and how can you yeah. demonstrate your genuine interest in that person? Yeah. And a lot of times that's as simple as um, just listening, asking them about themselves, about them mm -hmm. listening. Because I, I used to think that I needed to talk myself up so then I would appear impressive and you would like me and think I'm cool and all that. When really, really it's kind of just the opposite. Uh, you know, people love to talk about themselves. You know, nothing wrong with oh, that. Yeah. So and that's from, you know, it's been other places, but I guess it's it's been somewhat made famous from how to win friends and influence people, but be genuinely interested in other right. people and, you know, just ask how they're doing. Um, what are they like? You know, tell me more about that. Interesting. Okay. Because if it's all about, and you know, it's not all about me. If it's all about me, then my all my relationships are going to suffer. Gotcha. Now, if any of our folks loved what they heard about you, and how could they not? <laughs> what are some great ways to get in contact with you? Yeah, you can visit my website. It's chrispavone.com. Um, one of the best ways. Uh, to connect is by listening to my podcast. That's the Chris Pavone show, Chris with a K it's available on your favorite podcast app. And then also you can just email me if you any, just wanted to connect that way. Um, Chris at Chris Pavone.com. And then I'm Chris Pavone on Facebook and on Instagram. Cool. Okay. Awesome. Sweet. Oh, speaking of podcasts as a way to wrap up, what are some podcasts that you like to listen to on a regular basis. Let's see, so the um, the Cliff Ravenscraft show, um, Ray Edwards show, mm -hmm. uh, forty days to the work, forty days to the work you love, and then 
That's Dan Miller, folks. Yeah, Dan Miller. And recently I've been listening to um, just from my coaching and the the people that have coached me, uh, I've been listening to a lot of um, just like Steve Chandler audios. Uh, Steve Chandler is the author of, co-author of The Prosperous Coach and a bunch of other books um, to continuously work on my craft as a coach. Um, I'm constantly uh, listening to audios about coaching, listening to my coach coaching me mm-hmm. um, and that type of stuff, uh, audio books about coaching. So that's, that plays a, that takes up a good amount of time in my car as well. Sure. For sure. That's what I listen to most or at the gym, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Although I got to say when I'm working out, I have a really hard time listening to podcasts because I, I, maybe I'm unique in this. I don't know, but I, I have to have something that's like really pumping me hard so I could be working really hard. Because not that sure. it isn't good content, the content's great, but it's not enough to get my heart pumping. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sure. So that's just me. Yeah, no, that's okay. Yeah, right? No, we all like what we like. Sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, then, I'll, yes, sir. I'll mention, yeah, I'll mention one more thing. If anybody is um, interested in becoming a coach or if you're currently a coach and maybe you're struggling with you know, the main part of it is creating clients. Um, I do, I currently have a coaching school that I'm running. Mm. Um, but th- that's, that's not open. There's four people in it. I keep it really small so I can really serve and you know, have a lot of great impact with that. Uh, but I'm, I'm starting the second one and it begins in April. So if anybody okay. uh, would like to know more about that, um, yeah, you can email me. Cool. That's awesome, man. Well, you got yeah, some great thanks. stuff going on, Chris. I can't thank you enough for taking the time to uh, to speak to my tribe here and the folks who like to listen to what's going on here at Relationships and Revenue. Yes, uh, two very important things, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Because yeah. we as men always need help in improving our most important relationships. And when it comes to being an entrepreneur, you know what? When we can take the focus off of ourselves, and we can take the focus off of money and put it on other people and serve them, well, it makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. Yep. Sweet. Well, thanks again, man, for your time. I really appreciate it. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. And we will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlin. Thanks again for listening. And remember, passion gets you started. Purpose keeps you going. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye.